Thank you for listening to the Hillsview Men's Ministry. We are a group of men building relationships to equip and encourage each other. Dave is going to talk today about living, living well. well I, I stole the word, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's not in the dictionary. I found out. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kept coming up uh, as underlining in my in my my text thing all the time. Yeah. So um, with that, let let's open up with a word of prayer quick, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for this day, Lord. Lord, we're just so blessed to have a group of men who are so interested in growing in you, Lord, uh, finding out more about who you are and uh, what you you ask of us and uh, and how to follow you more closely, Lord. I just uh, I'm so thankful for each one of these men that's here today, Lord, that that has that desire to grow. Lord, I just ask now that you uh, <clears throat> bless uh, Dave's talk, and uh, uh, we know these are the words that you've given him, Lord, and we're thankful for Dave just being obedient and listening to you and uh, and preaching uh, uh, the words that you've laid on his heart. Lord, just give us the ears to hear, open our hearts, and let us drink it in. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Cal. So... I don't get accused of plagiarism. Uh, I got four sources for this. One is the Gillums Lifetime Guarantee. Uh, that's kind of where the front page comes from. And then there's uh, a few other sources, one being Jerry Bridges, The Fruits of the Spirit, which we'll kind of deal with uh, towards the middle of the talk, or my talk, and then also the Engagement Project, which a few of you have attended, and that's Del Tackett, and kind of comes from Focus on the Family, so, uh, and then the Bible, so that's the, the scripture of truth, but, so, uh, none of this is theologically accurate to the degree, unless I quote the Bible verses, some of it has not been distorted, but <clears throat> I'm trying to blend in a number of concepts, and I hope to say I've succeeded, but is that a little louder for me, or let's see if Randy can upgrade me, yeah. or I can speak there, it's coming through, yep, thank you, all right, and I'll hold it down lower. <clears throat> so what does living wealthily mean? I mean, in the sense of the physical, you've got we talked some earlier about the breakfast, proper diet, um, which involves sleep cycles, proper amount of sleep, exercise, and so forth. And that becomes your body, your earth suit. That's the outer circle of this. And for those listening to this, there'll be some handouts in the office because it's hard to follow if you don't have the map somewhat to go with. Uh, but the power of what's inside our physical body is kind of where I'm going to focus on. And the, the next inner circle is the soul, which is our personality. This comes from Lifetime Guarantee. Uh, the mind, the will, the emotions, which defines your personality, um, that becomes what is inside the body for now. This ursu we carry through this life but it goes farther, it goes beyond. When eternity is coming, your soul is going forward. Uh, and inside the soul, <clears throat> excuse me, resides a spirit. 
that is your true identity, and that is Christ-likeness. That's Christ within and Christ in you. Uh, so we have our brain, which is uh, in and of itself, as it was created, an amazing uh, organ. But in and of itself, it doesn't do anything unless you bring in content, and that becomes where our mind is involved. Now, a side note here in the mind, my little X, which goes over the battle over our thoughts, we win it at the threshold of the mind, and those concepts or those reminders we get that the mind has, the temptations from Satan in trying to influence our thoughts, we win that at the edge of our mind, not within. Because if it's entered in, uh, Bill Gillum mentions this as a four-lane interstate highway running in. If you don't have the Holy Spirit within to rely upon for your awareness, discernment, and so forth, the next step that comes in is those thoughts start to occupy your conscious mind and influence your actions. So Ephesians 4, which I'm not going to read, verses 22 through 24, is, is a good reference point for what the content of the mind in how it references our faith walk and, and what becomes uh, leads to uh, decisions we make as well as errors in judgment that might go forward from that. So, uh, but And the key thing is, is we can win this battle. It's not something that we have with the spirit inside us. The battle is already won, but we can also control, as in Romans 12, verse 2, take captive the thoughts. Don't let them take root into uh, what you think is your own conscious thought that's been influenced from an outside source and act accordingly. So know that you're, you're already conquered. You've already, the battle has been won if you use the spirit within that resides in our soul to have a ability to not to take captive those thoughts. So two key verses on the mind would be the Ephesians 4 verse 22 and 24 and then of course Romans 12 2. So with that being said, um, the key to this whole circle, body, soul, and spirit, kind of comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 23 and 24. And I don't have that to read for you today. I, if any of this has, you know, kind of makes sense or if you want to go in, these verses are well worth reviewing on your own time um, rather than go into them today. But your identity, again, from the Spirit, which is Christ-likeness, character determines our destiny. And this comes out of 2 Peter, which I will read, 2 Peter verses 1, uh, excuse me, chapter 1, verses 4 through 7. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible, so this isn't um, any 
uh, specific translation is enhanced, if you want to say, but so it might not follow along with your exact uh, wording. But for by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral, immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. For this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence and in moral excellence, knowledge, insight, understanding, and in your knowledge, self-control, <clears throat> and in your self-control, steadfastness, and in your steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love, that is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. And I spoke a few months ago on one another's. I mean, the, the key thing, if our culture is trying to do to any and every subgroup is to break us into individual, self-reliant, we don't need other people to satisfy whatever our wants, needs, or our uh, interests are. We can be self-sufficient, and that's as far from the truth as you could ever get. I mean, from closing down businesses from two years ago to everything else that's gone to kind of separate us apart, I mean, that's, that's definitely the enemy's interest in his interests and also in, in what our culture is influencing us with. So back to the bottom of this first page. Conduct is what we do, but character is what we are. And they go in a circle. One influences the other, and the other acts on the uh, best way to say it as, as it goes. Okay, so Let's go to page two, which on yours hopefully is on the back. Uh, and this comes from Sinclair Ferguson, which I'll read. And if anyone's ever taken a gifts assessment survey, which I see a raise of hands. I know I did. Made no sense to me. I, I'll be personal and honest. But um, I think you're putting, especially from what I'm uh, hoping to uh, respond to today is I think that's putting the cart in front of the horse is, is kind of your gifts assessment I think gifts should be a natural outflow of the fruits of the spirit and we should focus in on that which is kind of the content of my talk versus what gifts do we have be it tongues be it healing be it discernment any and all um, I think that is a natural outflow if we're exercising the fruits of the spirit um, so what Sinclair Ferguson says is the fruit of the Spirit should be distinguished from the gifts of the Spirit, but ought never to be absent in their exercise. For without love and the humility which accompanies it, the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is thwarted. This next part comes from Jerry Bridges, and that's this book, which is Disciple, well, The Fruitful Life, and uh, it is... It is uh, you know, in it goes through each individual fruit of the spirit, 
But that's one thing from Genesis uh, that God put upon us when we were in the garden prior to Adam and Eve making that huge misstep is be fruitful and multiply. I mean, in any and everything, be it plant, bird, animal, human, the key, um, what you want to say, job description for us is to be fruitful and multiply. And how we do that is is kind of going to be not specifically said today, but um, with with reflection on the fruitful life and the fruits of the Spirit, I'd, I'd have you kind of take that as a study. That's the quiz, but it won't be here today. It'll be on your own time. All right. So how to come back to the first part of that circle, uh, which is the center core, which is the spirit of Christ within us. How do we develop the habits of grace uh, to which we focus in on the center and not on the outside? We don't focus in on the parts of the body or the issues that affect us from external. Devotion to God is the only acceptable motive for actions that are pleasing to God. That's conduct and character on that first page. The power of enablement for a godly life comes from the risen Christ. Through the power for Christ, like character comes from Christ. The responsibility for developing and displaying that character is ours, with the help of the Spirit, I will say. The development of godly character entails both putting off and putting on character traits. That's the battle of the mind to a point. We are to pursue growth in all the graces that are considered the fruit of the Spirit. And finally, growth in all areas is progressive and never finished, to which um, is, as we get grayer and whiter hair, and we learn from our life experiences, yeah, there's, there's no idle time. I mean, it's... It, it's as Paul says, I press on, finish well. So I'm not going to go over the fruits of the Spirit. Those are listed, but each one has kind of, and this part isn't from Jerry Bridges, but it is uh, for your reference because I thought um, it would be good to kind of have a little lead, lead into that part. Um, so I won't discuss which, the nine... You can take nine fruits of the Spirit. There's 12 in some uh, categories. I read through Second Peter that some of those uh, words used kind of are equivalent to what the fruits of the Spirit are. Uh, and I've seen 54 uh, attributes of the Spirit. Um, and you can go deeper and deeper. I mean, it's not just that it's a memorization thing. It's a living it out. So... So back to living wealthily, which is living intentionally. I mean, idle uh, time or um, I, I'd like to, and I spoke some of this uh, earlier in a previous talk, but look carefully then how you walk. Ephesians 5.15. Walk as a wise, not as the unwise. Seek godly wisdom. I mean, that's most of what Proverbs is, is seeking out after wisdom. Uh, wisdom with discernment comes as a uh, production of 
godly activity and it's reverence to God at the same time because it glorifies God as we act through how he has instructed us to be. I would like to speak to the urgency of the hour. I mean, you can look at any headline, listen to any news account, and these days there's, there's an unlimited number of pressures and fears and worries that I won't go into in, in, in this talk. But um, that speaks to a shadow, and this was uh, spoken to uh, by a, a blog I was listening to a few weeks ago, and this is Jeremiah, David Jeremiah's, but so a shadow of what is to come in the end times always previews what is being spoken to from Revelation to the last days and so forth. So a shadow, is this, are we in this time period close to the end of this world as we know it? <clears throat> I can't say. But each of our individual lives as the years we've accumulated as years and days we have before us, I just stress the urgency of the hour for the fact that time in that little sand dial is certainly slipping through as, as it goes. Right now counts forever. Um, the present life we are living is intended to be an occupation, not a vacation. So teach us to number our days, Psalm 90, 12. First psalm ever written. That was written by Moses back in like 13-something B.C. So between all the David psalms, which were at uh, approximately 500 to 1,000 years later, this Psalm 90 is the first psalm that's been recorded from Moses. And his teaching us to number our days after he spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Um, and time there was 40 years for him in numbering his days, not knowing the true number of years, but definitely time to reflect on things that he had accomplished through God's provision and also lack thereof, not going to the promised land. So um, now I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit and go back to the engagement project. And those slides didn't copy very well, uh, but I think you can make out the Bible references. The two bookends of what uh, God stands for or a, a sign of his character are agape love and truth. One without the other. Love without truth doesn't hold any substance. You, if you have all the truth in the world but don't have love, think 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, you're a banging gong. You're a, a clanging cymbal. You're a noise that is irritation to anyone around you or anybody in hearing. Uh, but if you have just love, you don't necessarily... And, and I can't say it on, on, from, but from God's perspective, perfect love has no attachment to it. In other words, there's no ulterior motives. It's just his nature, basic. And for us as humans, we can't attain it. But to speak to perfect love, uh, the best we can do, and I'll speak further on this later, is love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, if... We can accomplish that, not as a church body, but as a neighbor to those around us. 
Um, and this is kind of the heart of the engagement project. Your neighbors aren't there by accident. Um, and I'll take a second here. Okay, but they're divinely uh, positioned for you to share your love. Not with an agenda. It's not a uh, four spiritual laws situation. It's not a I need to win this soul for Christ. You don't approach this from an agenda standpoint when you address your neighbors or a fellow worker for that matter. It's whoever, whoever you spend a, a fair amount of time around, but you approach it from a relationship. Just like our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's, it's not something we notch off for the day I prayed this morning, uh, even if you're on your knees. I'm, and I'm not trying to, to, to minimize that factor, but it's, it's not something you check off during the day. It's heartfelt. And if we as a believer in Jesus Christ can carry that forward to those that are around us, from family to fellow workers, and especially to neighbors, will turn the world around. All right, the next slides are all from the engagement project. Um, and this, this is something that um, struck me. I, I'd say opened my eyes, so to speak. A brief look at the heart and the mind. So we'll take, I mean, if you look forward, you kind of know, but which is the thinker? between the heart and the mind? And which is the feeler? Anyone want to offer or raise a hand on, if we say the heart, how many would say that's the feeler? And, and raise a hand or, okay. And then on the mind, which is the thinker? I mean, <laughs> it seems that way, all right? Now, that's, that's the way I would have said it prior to the engagement project with Del Tackett, but uh, he's expanded my consciousness of this concept. So uh, I'd like to have you go through each of those, but go back to the page with those artistic drawings that I made. <laughs> but I would, I would suggest you, you read each of those verses because it's, it's intriguing to think that if the heart thinks and has thoughts, then what is the difference between the heart and the mind? How do they interact? And if you remember where the mind resides, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's in the brain probably, but not necessarily only in the brain. And it's in the soul. So if you take that top drawing with the mind and the heart separate, the heart being, as you go through my equal sign over to the joining together of the heart and the mind, the heart resides inside the mind. It's the inner sanctum of the mind. All those little T's, they're T's, not plus signs, by the way. So all the T's on the outside of that third drawing over where on the other side of the equal are truth claims. It's what we believe. It's what we've accepted as truth. It's what we've been introduced throughout whatever our life has been exposed to that we consider that truth. Gravity being one. Hot stoves burn your hands. Uh, 
cold water will make you chilly. I mean, whatever kind of concept you, you want to think of. We're a republic, not a democracy. On down the line, these thoughts come at us from everywhere around us. And they're outside of the mind. As they enter into the mind, we start to accept them. Once they're in the mind, now we've begun to process them, whatever the thought might be. If it's the creation story or the evolution story, which one do we accept or which one do we favor? And at that point, all they are is a concept. It might relate to our actions, our conduct. It might influence our character. But on the other hand, if it's outside of the heart, we haven't accepted them as truth. So they're truth claims. That's the key word here. And they're in our minds, so we've accepted them as that. But until we absorb them into our heart, we haven't really put them to the test. And they don't really develop our character, produce our conduct in reference to how we act. So leading through that and fully knowing that the heart is connected to the Holy Spirit. That's the inner circle. The Spirit, our identity in Christ, all of this, when we absorb a truth claim into the center of the heart, and we're not talking the physical pumper, um, that becomes the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the mind places it into the heart, which is from mind is knowing about it, the heart is believing. That's when your belief becomes real or when your belief becomes active. It, it's not inside your heart. It's just floating out there, ready to be replaced by something else or counterdicted by some other event in your life. So as we absorb these truth claims, whatever floats around us, we absorb them into the heart, our heart. That's going to lead to belief. Belief will lead to actions that will also produce feelings and feelings from within the heart are different than emotions. If Emotions are is a response, and it's risky to put your beliefs on the category or on the uh, bus with emotions because they'll lie to you, they'll let you, they'll down, they'll mis mislead you. You have to have more of a full core concept that your belief is the truth, to lead to your actions, feelings, and further thoughts. So, and back to, this kind of goes back to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and 24, which is on the front page that I had. So, this goes back to the truth project, okay? Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? I mean, how much influence, I mean, if you were to talk to me as a sophomore in college, I'd say, evolution is all there is. This creation business, I was exposed to the Bible. I considered myself a Christian at that time. I was pretty much what you would call a prodigal as well. So I wasn't acting on anything. It was knowledge, but it wasn't belief. It hadn't hit me to what the core, the truth of what this really is. But we're introduced to everything. We have all the nice pictures, the graphs, and, and I mean, introduction through biology, etc. Evolution was easy to believe because you had to test on it, and, and 
you want an A's, you got to say what they what they said. I'm fully creation, young earth person today. And not that I'm uh, trying to influence anybody here. But to me, what the Bible says is what is. I, I don't have an argument with it. No matter what's out there and how people state how many uh, millions of years things are, I can easily accept the truth of the Bible, and I don't have any complications with that. Um, back to that concept. Do you really believe that what you believe is really real? I mean, it, it's got to be uh, in the heart, in the center of the mind, in your soul. If, if it's not there, it's, it's going to be uh, weak in the sense of, of it's going to withstand what life might throw at you. It's going to be uh, risky because if it's a false belief, um, if you deny the effect of gravity and go up to one of our, our pillars or you know needles and, and say I can fly, it's risky. I mean that's a bad analogy I know, but um, <laughs> but nonetheless I want to be roped in if if I'm doing that. So um, so if, if anything to kind of summarize that back to what the engagement project I'll recommend it again if we if we do it again this fall, but. Um, with that being said, consider what that distinction is. And all the verses, and there's more of them there, on what, the, the, what God says and, and what our New Testament authors say, what the heart really has. Give that some thought over just simply thinking it's a mind thing. It's just a consciousness thing. It goes much deeper than that. Um, okay, so to, to summarize, if I can... <laughs> uh, what, what I would say is consider that if that center circle on that very first page is Jesus Christ within you through the power of the Holy Spirit we are more than conquerors there is nothing the outside world can do to take that from us once saved always saved as I feel it to be um, that this, the situation is the world is going to tempt us, the world is going to accuse us, and that can be any number of things down the road that we have yet to be exposed to, uh, to test our faith. Um, and it's, it's not God testing our faith, okay? It's outside of us. And, and have that core solid conviction of who Christ within us is um, and how that influences our soul. The soul's going somewhere after we leave this body. There's no doubt, no denying that that is what is our future. It's kind of our hard drive, if you want to say that, going forward. But it's going somewhere. There's only one of two places that you have. And again, back to this neighbor concept, that's really the engagement process. Um, your neighbors are not there by accident. And why you may be their neighbor is not by accident either. Uh, there's a purpose in that. So, and, and don't look at me as the prime example of, of, of expressing this. All right, I'm a work in progress on this concept, but, but I believe this. I think this is not just the future of our church and our body as it exists in Hillsview and other churches, but it is for us one person 
at a time. Uh, Ray and I talked about our grandkids and, and how we can influence them. I mean, we're not going to be doing it by lecturing them by, by any means. It's by example and, and loving them, loving them in the truth. Um, so that being said, uh, living wellfully has, and now I'm going to switch from fruits of the spirit is core in what you establish as your values and guiding the steps we take forward as we continue to become more Christ-like. I, I believe that's uh, a center beam of light to kind of follow to develop the Christian character God means each of us to have. It's uh, Some are easy, some are not. So, um, But I, I stay with nine because I think I can follow the nine because I have ten fingers so I can kind of, <laughs> kind of follow through on that. Um, so I'd be happy to you know, discuss any of this Again, not the theologian um, that we're blessed with Pastor Ron and, and Wes to have, but I would I'd be more than willing to share um, my thoughts with any and all of you. All right, now, back to the medical side. All right, so, uh, and I was going to use a tooth analogy, but I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> You know, we all know we have teeth, all right? And, and through that, what they do is pretty easy. But as you get into your second year of dental school, you realize you didn't know as much as you thought you knew um, in that regard. And this, in that regard. So the same for our health. What we know about our health and assume to be isn't um, strictly up to our medical professionals, your doctor, uh, nurse practitioners, a chiropractor, any number of things. I mean, we need to be, each of us, responsible for our health, as it is for our Christian walk. Uh, thankfully, with brothers, and thank you, Cal, for just keeping this group going, uh, and others as well, uh, we need to be a band of brothers. But with health, we have the outside sources, but you can't delegate that out. Your doctor can prescribe you I had a patient in this week, 41 medications. I mean, serious health issues. So I can't argue, I'm not arguing, but four or five of them do the same thing and not any one of them is healthy for you. But, um, but it's over my head uh, on that part. So um, how to be preventative in how we address our health. Um, and I got some Ken Cooper, Cooper stuff here. This is a book printed in night, no. Yeah, 1982, excuse me, not 22, 1982. This is a father of aerobics, uh, and he's still still going. If you look at the last page, and I'll review that. Um, his, and, and he's not necessarily, but as far as information coming out of the Cooper Clinic out of Dallas, put in a plug for him, and that's the, the uh, copies I gave, which are out, out of Billy Graham's Decision Magazine. Living a long life is nice. I mean, I, I'm hopeful for that as well. I'd love to see my grandchildren graduate from high school and onwards. But living a healthy life is utmost. I mean, just years don't count in the sense of quality. Quantity is good. I'm not this, this uh, considering that factor, but quality is the key. So each of us if, if I can say anything today that, that has, you know, how we take care of this earth suit we're in is um, 
it's on us. I mean, we're accountable to ourselves. We need to trust our doctors. We need to believe in the sense of what they recommend. But don't just take that at face value. Same with whatever I said today. Take it, review the scriptures. I could have and probably have misstated a few things biblically, so I don't want to lead anyone in error. Uh, and Ron's great at saying that as well. <laughs> Search me. I mean, prove me to what I'm saying. And we should be that. Um, be diligent in how you look at what and how life is affecting you and, and who you're being influenced with physically, medically, and so forth. Um, so the first article is just something I copied, how to live a long life to the fullest. Um, I'd still say quality instead of, you know, instead of the word long, because I think that's key. Um, quality of life, and, and that comes not just physical, but that's mental. The power of the mind is beyond belief. And I may have said this in a previous talk, but the, the research on the influence our mind has on our brain, on our physical heart, on our body in general, is beyond. I mean, the placebo effect, of which I'm sure you've heard of, probably, and this is my belief, 50% of the medications you pop in, if they're a prescription medication, the effectiveness of it in your body is due to what your mind is accepting based on what you were told by your doctor or read on the label. I mean, that's half. So to qualify that, they did a med student study. So they took second year medical students and they have a good pharmacology background and, and they know their, their stuff backwards and forwards. So they go through and, and they were sampled out. These were subjects that agreed to this experiment and they had no clue what the experiment was, but they were being told they were being tested on the effectiveness of this new medication. So they were just arbitrarily picked A, B, A, B. And the one medication, the A's, had the strongest sedative that had been produced, and it was being developed to replace what was already known to be the strongest sedative, like in a Valium or something that's gonna uh, knock you out that you can orally take. And so they went through all the scientific formulations, the side effects and everything, and they, you know, let them down this lane and the color of the pill and so forth. The bees had the strongest stimulant, more potent than anything that's been on the market yet. It was the one that was going to surpass what was prescribed, most popular for a stimulant to raise you up. Uh, and they went through all the same, color of the pill, and all the side effects and all the properties and, and so forth. And so then B, A's took the sedative, B's took the stimulant. And then they were monitored heart rate and oxygen levels and sleep and, how, and, and so forth. And then after 12 hours, they gave their reports and so forth. The only thing is they switched them. But the results, the sedatives then, the A's got the stimulant and yet they responded like the sedatives. And the drug was true. It was equal to, it might not have been surpassing because they were trying to lead these people down the road and, and you know affect their brain, but it was what was orally available for the strongest sedative and the strongest stimulant. And the same with the B group, which got the stimulant, but they got the sedative, but their bodies responded like they were taking the stimulant, placebo effect again. So I'm not saying don't take your medication, but I'm, I'm strictly saying 
the mind has powers we do not understand in, in uh, most ways. And as a medical professional dentist, uh, I, t I, I see that and, and I'm aware, cognizant of that fact. Okay, last page on your handout. And I think if you read it carefully, it's, I don't know why they do this with blue ink, but an update on vitamin D. Way early on, back in COVID days, um, vitamin D3, and make sure it's a D3, and I'm not prescribing D3, but I'm just saying, again, I trust Cooper's stuff. I believe he's legitimate. If anything, he's conservative. Um, but D3, if you're not taking it, uh, rethink it, okay? It's cheap, very cheap. Um, it's, and I, I'm hearing people, you know, ivermectin, I'll take a side note here a minute. Ivermectin was, you know, disproven, taken off the market. Nobody was going to prescribe it early on. It was bad. Now you can get it, except it's $400 for a 10-day dose. What used to be under 10. The reason it's out there is the pharmaceuticals now are getting money from it, in my opinion. Again, it's prescribable. It's being prescribed, not across the board, but it's huge on how they're now marketing it for the profit. Okay. So, and I'm not saying that's just because of the dollars involved with it. But D3 so far has not been taken off the market, thankfully. It's universally available. Um, and let's say you go out in the sun this afternoon, you're going to get something like 40,000. A half hour in our sun is 40,000 units of vitamin D going into your system. But your body's only going to take that little bit it needs. The rest just disappears. But that's only for that hour. And when you're out of the sun, it's gone. So I would say dose appropriately, but D3, make sure it's the three, not vitamin D, and, and follow what he's saying here. I mean, it's, his research proves it, and it's, it's just a living wealthy concept. And uh, that being said, uh, and again, I'm not prescribing it, but I'm suggesting that, okay. Um, I think... I haven't misspoken too many times. I know there's a lot of detail there, and if you can't read that, I'm going to try to get that on an email so it's more readable um, in that regard. But um, I thank you for putting up with me again and, and listening through on this. Um, I spoke band of brothers. That's intentional. So I, I closed with this a while ago, but I still think this is uh, so well said. I'm, I'm going to repeat. This comes from um, Stephen Lawson um, on, on a prayer. So you join me in prayer. May God give you much grace. We are never to do our work out of a sense of guilt. We are never to do it out of a sense of empty mechanical ritual routine. Our hearts are to be inflamed with the glory of God, knowing that, the, that we glorify God not by sitting, but by serving and doing the work he has called us to do. May God give you all sufficient grace to put your shoulder to the plow and to do what he has called you to do as long as you are alive on planet Earth. There is still work to do. God bless you all.
Amen.